Before we dive in, I want to let you know that my pediatric food allergy course, Fear to Freedom, is officially open for enrollment right now on emilynolan.com. One more thing before I jump in, I'm a mama, not a doctor. So the information provided in this podcast is for general informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment by a qualified medical professional. Any questions you may have concerning the diagnosis or treatment of a medical condition should be directed to your doctor or another qualified healthcare provider. Is this really going to impact their lives if I don't take part in this? Like, is that going to be the cause of them going to therapy? I don't think so. I freaking went to read a book on the history of France because I was in France and I wanted to do that. Like, I And I was totally fine with it. And I did a face mask that I just got at the French pharmacy. It was fantastic. They were happy. I was happy. We reunited very happy. We create the guilt ourselves. In this episode, Hustle Like a Mom, I get to speak with Pamela Peckerman, whose mission it is to inspire moms who work between the hours of drop-off and pick-up. I think that is so cool. In this episode, we talk about organization and how to structure our lives so we can be more effective mamas and mompreneurs. And we also talk about values and we give different values little buckets so we can pick and choose what we prefer to do in our lives and again, become more effective mamas and mompreneurs. I'm excited for you all to meet Pamela today. Pamela, welcome. Thank you for having me. So Pamela and I met at Strong Like a Mama event, which is run by Hey Mama. We were both on the speaking panel and I learned a lot more about your movement. And I'm so glad you're on the speaking panel because it was so inspiring to myself and I know the entire audience. And I wanted to put it through my megaphone and my podcast to share your mission of inspiring mamas who work between drop-off and pick-up. So with that said, I would love to learn more about how you got the motivation to start this movement and tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah, I mean, I think most motivation usually stems from frustration, right? The, the You know, I'd say the greatest entrepreneurs were frustrated with something and then like yourself included and are trying to find a solution to the problem because you realize you're not alone. And that's exactly how Hustle Like a Mom came to be about. I am a journalist and I was doing TV segments. I was an on-air correspondent working with phenomenal clients like TJ Maxx and Home Goods, uh, Vino, really great, traveling the country, doing the segments, everything that I thought I wanted in my 20s. And I was 33. I had a two-year-old and a one-year-old. I hope I did the math right. It was approximately 2016. Bear with me. And I came back from one of these uh, like media tours from a client and I came back and something this time didn't feel right. And I couldn't quite figure out what that was. And it took a lot of time and like digging in to realize that maybe the ambitions of my 20s were no longer serving me in my 30s. And then when I realized that, it's like, well, what do I do now? Um, So obviously, I'm not the type that says, well, then you just quit what you're doing. No, that's not realistic. But what I did start to do and how Hustle Like a Bomb came to be was I started calling up friends and saying, I'm going to do a little YouTube interview and I'd like to interview you about your mom life and your entrepreneurship because maybe I'm not the only one that's feeling this disconnect. And that's ultimately what led to the creation of like a mom. The interview series led to more conversations and text messages. And then it was the first panel in person, little by little. And that's where we find ourselves now. And especially through COVID, this idea that 
I want to be a between drop off and pick up mompreneur. So how can I make this work so that I can align my personal and professional aspirations? Obviously still feed my bank account. Everybody's you know needs in that department are different, of course. But you know, with um, coaching, marketing, our panels, and also a lot of strategic uh, planning, because it's all about planning at the end. Um, how can we make this a reality for women across the country, hopefully across the you know, around the world? Talk to me more about planning because I have seen on your Instagram stories, you are extremely organized or so the veneer shows. Your meals are planned. And I did that when Ollie was diagnosed with food allergies to try and make it easier and seamless. You have these hacks that I think, I'm hoping and assuming, help us do the mompreneur after drop-off and before pickup. And so what are some of the planning tools or organization tips that you have for mamas who either are doing what we're doing, it's, you know, after drop-off and before pickup, or entertaining the idea of, oh, maybe I can pursue something. The reason I'm sharing it too, I know this podcast is really oftentimes for the mama of a child who has food allergies. Usually we give up our identities or our career or whatever it is, scale back, downshift, whatever we choose to try and take care of our child and focus on family. Um, And then there comes a time where you either hit a new season, you are in a routine that you're comfortable with, and you think, okay, now it's me time or work time. So like, what are your tips going into this season for organization and for the moms that are already in this season that are just like, ah, I know. And by the way, I love using the word season because I do think, you know, having, I've been an entrepreneur for now almost 20 years. I've been a mom for 10 years and there is a season for everything. And you're, you know, to, to go back to what I just said, like your aspirations may change quote unquote season to season, right? year to year. And that's okay. You just kind of have to listen to yourself. Um, I appreciate the compliment organizing. I work very hard to try to get it together. No, it's not always there, but I try. Um, the more that I can um, plan in advance, obviously it helps. So w- on the weeks when I don't do that board that you saw this like Plexi, which I bought on Amazon, happy to give you all the link if you want it. Um, it's on Amazon. This Plexi board, it makes just life a little bit easier, right? Because I know, and then the kids know, and then I don't have to answer that question of like, what are we having for breakfast? So lunch or dinner or whatever it is. So that helps. I would say one of the biggest hacks that I have for myself, and I've used it with clients with their business, but it it can be personal as well, is to the extent that you can reverse engineer your year or your quarter or your week. So that means um, when I'm planning out, like if right now, if, if I'm looking at 2023, I would think, like big picture, because we don't know all of it, right? But like, I know, um, and this kind of goes into the hustle, like a mom aligning personal professional, I know that I want to be available for certain things in certain seasons. So if my daughter's doing ballet, and I want to be a little bit more engaged there, I may not be booking clients during a certain time frame. On the flip side, if like, for example, if you know that there's a hot podcast season, or there's a season where you are going to be doing some summit or some course release, then you may not sign up to do a PTA bake sale or whatever that, you know, that you, you feel you're getting guilted into. So I like to like look at it from, from the back end first. So like the whole year, as much as I can, big pictures, like I like to be on vacation in August with my kids, with my husband. So I'm not going to kick off a course on September 1st because I didn't do like that much in August. So I try to do big pictures. And then as I approach each quarter, I add more color. 
to you know wherever I am. So that's kind of like a business, but also um, a personal thing. And I'm a big, I think we actually talked about this at the Hey Mama panel. Um, shout out to Hey Mama, I love them. I'm a big believer in being realistic. You have to know your reality. Like if you know, for example, that you are in a season where um, whether you have to, uh, because maybe there's nobody else around or you need to take a step a momentary, if you want to think about it this way, a step back because yes, your kid is experiencing X or something else is happening in school. And you're like, you know what? I, I need to jump in. Then just say to yourself, this is just that season, but be realistic. Don't take on 10 clients that then you're going to feel like poop afterwards. Right. Again, if that's something you need to, because of your you know, budgetary, well, then you figure it out, but don't do it just because like you want to wear some badge of honor doing all the things like n- nobody's keeping score. Like, Emily, you and I are not like on, like, we're not standing around like, oh, you did 50 things this month. You're exhausted. You go, you go, you No, nobody's doing that. So I'm, I'm a big believer in being realistic. Um, and I would kind of add to that. Um, I don't know if you're a fan of Eve Rodsky. I'm like, love her. Um, and one of the things that she and I have talked about, and I know it's uh, a version of this is in her book. She talks about values and for me, um, you know, we think about values and the first word that comes to mind is, well, of course I value family, but is that really one of your core values that's driving all your decisions? So for me to be a value-driven entrepreneur, I had to st- take a step back and think, okay, if I'm going to be consciously planning and not just going through the to-dos and saying yes to everything or no, I need to know what my values are. So I've taken the time and the homework, and it's something that I do with like clients to say, okay, Let's really think about like, what are your values? Like if you value food and you want to be around for that, well then plan around that. I value flexibility. So I created a career around that because I value, and I always have valued flexibility. Um, so I think, you know, reverse engineering obviously is, is a great thing. Um, be, being able to decode your own values and then, you know, being realistic with yourself. It's really important. Yeah. I I think I just intuitively choose my values and I'm now wondering, oh, if I have to name it and then select one overarching value, like what would that be so that I can back out my calendar and zoom out for the year? And then, you know, I think I would say flexibility for sure, you know, and just availability for family because, you know, I'm I love being focused on my family. And I also love not that I have to like justify or the fact that being family focused minimizes the fact that I'm also an entrepreneur. No. And I think when we start to put like, like I'm a big, like I'm, again, I'm a journalist, so I like words and I love labels. It helps. It helps with everything. Like I even label my goals. Like when I do quarterly planning in our, you know, our community, I label three specific goals because then it's like, oh, that's what that is. Now it doesn't feel like, you know, I'm wasting my time because that's not exactly a money move. It's something else. Well, you need that something else to get to your money move. So understanding your values. So you, you said, for example, flexibility. Flexibility for me is is everything. Um, my other one is impact. Like I'm going to sign up for for projects that I feel are impactful. Like I'd rather be on this podcast than maybe be on one. Let's say, for example, there's somebody something that's like listened by like 10 million, I don't even know if there's podcasts like that, but maybe there are by 10 million people, but it's not like really impactful. I'd rather be put my, my, my tushy in a seat where I know that it's going to be super meaningful. That matters to me. Maybe give us like five values just so we can start to think about, oh, because by you saying impact, I was like, oh, I didn't think about that as an overarching title, but that's a good bucket to put my things in. 
Yeah. So, oh, it's so funny. So um, we're putting out this Editix fan planner with within the community. And one of the pages on values, I gave a little box just as, as like a trigger because the first thing people think about is family. So impact, flexibility, community, gatherings, travel. I mentioned food, philanthropy, right? So like think about travel. You wouldn't think that that's a value, but if somebody really loves to travel, they may plan their personal and professional life around the opportunity for themselves and or with their children or, or, you know, or solo or with their spouse to make sure that that's part of their life. Not like, you know what, someday, no, today, because you value that, that travel so much. You know, the ones we think about is family, friends. Again, for you, maybe it's food. Like if you like for the women who are maybe even trying to figure out what is there, we'll use we'll use like unicorn space because everybody loves, you know, Eve's book, um, figuring out what their unicorn space might be. Then you might think like, well, if you love food, that might guide you to it. She actually talks about it in the book, which is phenomenal. So don't just think, well, of course, I have to say family. For me, my version of that is flexibility. Not everything is guided by my kids and my husband, but everything is guided around flexibility because I believe in um, diversifying your joy, just like we're said to diversify our, our portfolio of investments. Well, I want to diversify my joy. I want to spend some time with you today. I want to spend some time with the client, but I want to be available at three o'clock for my kids. And if I can get a sitter, I want to go to a comedy show tonight at 730. <laughs> That's like my goal. <laughs> I like to have some flexibility. Doesn't work every day. No, that's the goal. Yeah. I know you love travel, and I do too. I followed your trip to Europe. I think you were in Paris in August? Or? Yeah, we were in the south of France, yeah. In the south of France. How lovely. <laughs> um, and you booked a cooking class for your children, which you chose not to attend. So I just loved that you posted that and you were, I don't know, you took a bath, you read a book or you did some yoga, whatever it was. And you're like, you know what? Zero mom guilt. And so just to echo what you're saying about your values, you got your kids, their enrichment, and it's not what you wanted to do. It was not what you valued at the time. You needed something else. So talk to us about, you know, the value system when it comes to feeling obligated to do everything with your family and mom guilt. Yeah. So I really thought that I would really want to take the class with them. And so I signed up because it was a whole family. So I, I got me, my nieces, my sister was doing it, my mother, my mother-in-law, like, and I, I think my husband, everybody who wanted to was like going to do it. And I thought for sure I'm going to want to do this. Like, oh my God, a cooking class in the South of France. This is so exciting. No, it started and I was like, no, I just... <laughs> I don't want to do this. I, you know, and, and here's the thing, like, are, is this really going to impact their lives? If I, if I don't take part in this, like, are they like, is that going to be the core cause of them going to therapy? I don't think so. I really, and you know, I, I left them with adults. So let's just to put that in perspective before anybody like sends me messages. And yeah, I freaking went to read a book on the history of France. Cause I was in France and I wanted to do that. Like I, and I was totally fine with it. And I did a face mask that I just got at the French pharmacy. It was fantastic. They were happy. I was happy. We reunited very happy. We create the guilt ourselves. Like the kids, they forget. Like it's like in one ear, out the other, you know, they're not going to care. They're really not going to care. And I was very happy. I was so happy. <laughs> It's a great message for me, especially today, and I hope the listener. Um, my son went to the pumpkin patch today with his class, and all of the parents were invited, and I had planned on it. And then I looked at my schedule, and I saw I had four interviews today. 
and an on-air show as well. And I was like, oh, no, I can't go. Oh, my gosh, I feel like such a bad mom. So Matt was like, my husband, I'll do it. I'll go. But he also works. So, you know, he had calls up until 1130 or something. And I, we were told they were leaving the pumpkin patch at 1.30. They left early. Matt arrived five minutes after they left the pumpkin patch. And it's 45 minutes away. And he's like, they're not here. We've lied to our son. We told him we were coming. And it's all of, you know... And this is our son's four. So I know. And then you create these visuals of like you getting the award of like worst parent of the, the century, right? Never trust us again. I know. And they'll be fine because there's a million other phenomenal things that you guys probably do together. I'm sure of it that he values, whether he realizes it today or he's going to remember it like 15 years from now when, you know, I feel like when you hit your 20s and definitely your 30s like I've had this conversation with my mom you look back and you kind of shock the parent what you do remember but it makes them feel good and he's gonna remember the other things that probably are even more important than one pumpkin patch although I feel really bad for the husband for your husband that he drove that's I feel bad about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I feel worse about that. Um, <laughs> but I guess the reason I'm mentioning it is, you know, it is my value um, to be there for those moments. And it's something I wanted to do, but also I want to be here. And so it, it has equal weight and I don't feel bad about it. I think mom guilt is such a funny, funny thing. And I don't know who created it. Maybe a man who wanted us to like be available all the time to our children. <laughs> At this point, I feel like we're creating it for ourselves. So I feel like that's why I'm so, it's so funny that you noticed that, that thing in, in France. But um, yeah, I, I don't feel guilty, but I also try really hard again with that, like reverse engineering. If I, now we don't know everything, like you may not have known the pumpkin patch it, on, you know, on January one, you're not going to know what's happening in October, that, those details. But usually like, that's when I go back in the beginning of the quarter and I'm like, okay, like what can I pop in? So like, what was last week? We love, we have a Chappaqua book fair, um, which is about 20 minutes away from our house. It's absolutely phenomenal. Apparently, it's like one of the one of the best children's book book shows in the country. I happen to have known that date for months, put it in there, and I knew um, that that's it. I'm not planning anything. My friend, that like that Saturday is the book fair, and then afterwards, it's like a whole thing. We're going to go out, and and so the more I can like put these things in to avoid, for example, like what happened probably today in the morning, because you want to be doing your four, your four interviews and the show that you have, because that like lights you up. You're going to be better for him when you see him at the end. So I I love like being able to put it in at the beginning of the year and then add more color at the beginning of the a month. And then when the kids ask you, because they do sometimes, they're like, hey, can you, what did they ask me recently? Oh, how come I don't volunteer for like pizza, like uh, distributing pizza, like the first Wednesday of every month? I'm like, flat out. I was like, because I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Like I, I don't see the value, but I, I actually did say when, when this was my th third grader, when he asked me again, I was like, you know what, Dave's, why don't we do this? Why don't I come when it's your birthday month? And that's in June. And so I already put it on the calendar and short of some major, like really like, you know, the sponsor needs to meet the podcast of the sun, like whatever it is, something super major that I really can't switch. I'm there. And I'm there that month, but I'm not doing it for the other nine. Like, it's not happening. Like, I, because I don't, it's not, it's not, yeah, I'm not doing any of my three values. It's not impact. Like, not really. It's, it's not flexibility. Like, I'm there. And it's certainly not my third one, which is, I, I love gathering. So I'm like, what am I gathering? 
I'll do a parent meetup at the house like I did today in the morning for an hour with your kids' parents. Yeah, that that I love because we're going to have a convo. I'm going to use my, obviously, my, my theater hands, my jazz hands. <laughs> jazz But I'm not coming for the pizza the other nine months. I love Seed's PDS08 Pediatric Daily Symbiotic, and you probably already know that if you're following me on social media. I mix it with my son's daily multivitamin every morning in a beautiful espresso cup when I can to show him that self-care is a beautiful daily ritual. Also, because it contains the dual-phase prebiotic made of short and long-chain carbohydrates, it does take an extra moment to dissolve. This easy-to-use and sustainably packaged symbiotic, meaning it's a two-in-one probiotic and prebiotic powder is formulated for benefits in and beyond the gut. It's the first children's symbiotic with nine probiotic strains clinically studied in a pediatric population for benefits across digestive, respiratory, and dermatological health. The pediatric daily symbiotic also supports easy, frequent poops, which happens to be my son's favorite topic. PDSO8 even bridges the fiber gap with five grams of fiber per serving. It's a meaningful complement to a healthy diet. Also, it's reassuring to know that the product is free from sugar, artificial colors, flavors, flow agents, binders, preservatives, and if you're listening to this podcast, and likely most important to you, free of 14 classes of allergens. Seed is offering my listeners a 20% code towards your first month. Just head to seed.com backslash Emily Nolan and use the code EMILYN20 to get 20% off your first month today. It's so easy to get looped into volunteering and you you want to help. You know, we're helpers and type A and, you know, go-getters and all or nothingers, right? And we have to be realistic. And I also think that people who set boundaries are more powerful and they're more focused in what they do do. So by by setting a boundary, by saying I don't want to do pizza until June or July, you are more powerful doing the other stuff and more focused on it and, you know, giving more chi or energy to those things that you want to do. So I have this, I, I said this somewhere and everybody laughed, so I might as well say it again. My grandmother used to say to me in Russian, my, my family's from the former Soviet Union. Um, she used to say, which roughly translate to Pam, Pamela, you cannot put your, your tushy into every single chair. And that's kind of it. It's like, I, I, you can't, you, you cannot be in every moment doing all the things, whether you're picking your goals for your business or you're deciding, you know, what you want to engage in with your kids through school. And also, I think it's an example for the kids too. I know uh, you probably haven't hit the age where they start doing like the after school activities. But when I moved to the suburbs, I was baffled, like mind, like on fire at the amount of activities that kids engage in. And I'm a big believer in a, like boredom and doing nothing. Otherwise, when do they, when do they find their values? When do they get like creative and do no, like do nothing, sit around. I'm not even talking about like reading a book, just like freaking twiddle your thumbs. Like seriously, that was, so I'm, I'm, I'm modeling doing, not modeling doing nothing. That's a great, I'm modeling doing nothing. But also just being selective with what you do is kind of what I meant to say. (laughs) 
Dolce Far Niente. Dolce Far Niente, the sweetness of doing nothing. Yes. Yes. I, and and I will say I have my son enrolled in, in a ridiculous amount of activities after school because I know that I need a couple extra hours at the end of his work school day. Um, and I know that those hours should be spent not to shame it because we use it on the iPad or, or Lego or whatever. But I know that he's getting enriched in a way that I can't give to him in those hours. And so I'm okay with that right now. But I do, I try and clear our weekends completely. I grew up playing uh, really competitive sports and was gone every weekend. And I'm really, really particular. I want the whole weekend off. We try and do Shabbat on Friday night. And then on like Saturday or Sunday, we try and have friends over and do a long drawn out, just platters and wines and just open the doors and get fresh air. Wait, wait, remind me, what's your background? Because that's like what we do is like very European. It's like they'll come at 10 and they may leave. I mean, they may leave at 10 p.m. <laughs> it's like a whole. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Um, so my husband is Jewish and he grew up in New York City and I am, you know, many faiths. I w- grew up Christian. I kind of ascribe to that. And then I love every faith um, and I'm Jewish in that sense. <laughs> And, um, and you know, I just have traveled the world and I know what I like and I want to model, I model what I like because I like it, you know, and we just got back from two weeks in Italy and it, it's slow, you know, and, and beautiful and, and focus on quality, not quantity. So like we invite two couples over and it, it's really sweet and, and especially like we have a, like uh, five couples that are, including my sister and my brother-in-law, um, although they're a little bit older, but our other four couples that we've known for, you know, almost 20, no, 20 years um, plus, they, we all have kids roughly in the same bucket. And so when, you know, one of the couples comes or two come together, kids are playing, we're playing and it's great. And it's like, that's, that's like, I love that lifestyle. That's kind of how I grew up as well. Um, but I also loved what you said, you know, that's your formula for reality and, and success, you know, which again is like, you know, every, everybody defines it for themselves, but you know, Ali finishes at a certain point, you need a certain number of extra hours and this works for you. But again, I think this idea that, um, you just have to find and be very realistic with your life. And not look at like me or look at, you know, somebody listening to you and say, well, I want to fit in my world that way. Maybe that's not going to work. And that might actually trigger just more guilt or anxiety or whatever it is. But you have to be realistic and just figure out like if evenings are your jammy or breakfasts are your jammy, whatever, or the Saturday, then make those work. Okay. One quick question because, and, and this is from the beginning of our conversation, it's still eating me. So I wanted to ask. When you plan your big year, do you use a hard calendar or how do you plan it out? Because I use digital. I'm trying to figure out like the best way to look at things. So I, I'm a paper to pen person. Um, and then I, I actually, I needed to validate this for myself because I'm a former journalist. So then I started reading studies on how, how much more efficient people are and sticking to their goals and accountable. And it triggers different neurons in your brains and I can wig out or I can just email somebody some stats if they're really interested. Um, but yeah, I do, um, paper to pen a hundred percent. So I will look at the whole year. I have like a one sheet where I do, uh, you know, 20, like if we're looking at 2023, 2023 at a glance, 
Um, they'll literally be no more than like six or seven slots on that on that page spread for, you know, January, February, March, et cetera, et cetera. And so I'll plop in like, okay, Nutcracker rehearsals or, um, you know, Pam and Steve anniversary or again, big biz like uh, in March, we'd like to have a summit for Hustle Like a Mom. This is likely the month where I'm going to, you know, launch a, you know, have my once a year course, except whatever it might be. And that, so I do it on, on pen to paper and then I'll go into um, a planner. So before I'm using other planners, but in 2023, I'll have finally my edit to expand planner. It was a dream for, for almost three years. I'm so excited. Um, so I'll go in and um, I'll do at a glance and then I'll go in before every quarter and add more color to, you know, January, February, March. And obviously, when even the month starts, you take another glance because it's like, oh, now I know definitively that that call is going to happen or whatever is going to happen. And that really helps me going back to like the guilt thing, super uh, avoid the guilt. But yeah, pen to paper, because it really does when you put your pen to paper, it does trigger uh, more commitment. And it, it like in your brain actually does stimulate other parts and you're more likely to accomplish whatever that goal is. So when I do this with like myself and then I do it with uh, our um inner circle group. Yeah. I'm like pen to paper. And I do like, I'm obsessed. Can you like a color coded? Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's just so much fun. So much fun. I love the colors, but you don't have to love the colors in order to do this. But you mentioned your inner circle. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So um, in addition to the planner, uh, the edit to expand planner, which is going to have the edit to expand method, um, which is incorporating how I set goals, value driven entrepreneurship and reverse engineering. Um, the inner circle is our first answer to a membership community, which I have avoided because I was trying to figure out how do I do it so that it feels like a family as opposed to like me trying to scale and scale and scale. So I capped it at 72. If I can tell you why I did 72, if you, if you really want to. Well, now we're all curious. Okay, okay, so I'll start that. I know I always say that and then like, um, so 72 because I wanted it to be under a hundred because I felt like under a hundred, I could manage and physically like, like know everybody. That was my biggest thing. I wanted to feel like everybody needed to have like a personal touch. So that's why I wanted to be under a hundred. And then I'm like, okay, let's just do 75. And then I wanted a mystical number. So I picked 72 because it's a multiple of 18. So if you're Jewish, you might know that 18 is high to life, good energy. And so I'm like, okay, 72. So that's, that's how I got the number. Um, so it's a group of 72 mom entrepreneurs and we do via Zoom and an occasional in-person event, um, not just in the tri-state area, actually in 2023, based on where the final group lays out, I'm actually going to be going and doing a little mini events in their cities. Even if it's like five people showing up, it's going to be like, I really wanted it to be that personal. But the court, so we have quarterly planning sessions. We have um, once a once a quarter a wellness themed event. Um, we actually have um, in December kicking us off. Eve, Eve is coming on and doing a private conversation with us, and then I'm going to do the first part of the uh, the planner with everybody in December, and then for the rest of the year we're going to continue to use it um, so that I can be so that you can be accountable to me and then the other 71 women in the community. So I'm excited because I feel like it's. For me, it's like a business family as opposed to trying to create a membership model. Um, I've gotten to know we have now just under 40 members already in. So we have like about, what, 
32 to go. Um, so I, um, I know everybody, like I know where you live. I know who your kids are. Like that was what I wanted. I wanted to know the details because then I'm going to be, if you DM me, we have a private platform. Um, if you DM me in that platform, I can answer you based on your reality, not like what Emily told me, but like, this is what Sarah told me. And they're all mom entrepreneurs between drop off and pick up figuring out we do marketing, we do branding events. And I'm like, just so excited. I will definitely be coming to the DC area. Definitely. We're going to do it. We're going to do our little mini, mini tea talk um, with you. Yeah. I think it's such a, a awesome niche that you've picked out because I did some female entrepreneurship boot camps after I had Oliver and I was just overwhelmed. And, you know, a lot of these women, they choose a full-time career or they're working like insane hours, or maybe, maybe they have the resource where they don't really need a career and they can hire out everybody. Um, and it was just like so many different types of people, um, that we all had like different goals. And so it was hard to find my path because, you know, like you want to match what everyone else is doing. You want to follow this like methodology that this entrepreneur has created for you, but maybe that's not your meant like your path. Right. And so to be with other mamas doing that, like with the same time restriction, wanting the same time restriction um, and editing to expand, it's, it's really nice to have a home like that. I think for me, the goal was I have been and a part of different communities, entrepreneurship or just mom, you know, just mom or just entrepreneurship or a combination of both. And to your point, I think um, there's a lot of very useful information that may not be useful for you, right? So it could be a great plan. It could be a great business tip that I cannot apply right now because I'm in a season where I've made a different choice. Um, and so I really, I'm, I'm very committed. Even the speakers that we, we bring on in the platform, they get it because I've made the mistakes in years prior where I would bring somebody on. They would give phenomenal advice that was so not applicable to the community. So I learned years ago, you know, stick to the women who can give the advice that the women who are listening can actually use. Um, and I will also say as far as overwhelm, one of my, one of my favorite things to say with respect to that from a business perspective is if you were to go and you're a foodie, so you, maybe you'll appreciate this. Um, if you were to go to a restaurant and see the whole menu uh, under almost no circumstances, would you eat the whole menu menu, no matter how much you love everything on it. And so I always say you could see a lot of uh, great tips out there, even from like, let's say a summit that we do, but that doesn't mean that you can, you need to go home and eat everything. And that's where, like, I always remind people about that it's in the circle. I'm in there all the time. I'm like, there's a, you know, we have this going on here and this going on here. Like you need to like, and you, you can ask me also, but like pick and choose and decide what you're going to execute. So then that gets into like the edit to expand the specific three goals that we set. Um, because otherwise you're basically, what are you doing? You're eating, you're trying to eat the whole menu. You're, you're just not going to enjoy the food. Or on the, on the business side, you're, you're just not going to see the reward because you're going to chase like all like darling ideas. Like that's darling. That no, kill the darling ideas. Like we can't, we can't do that. Yeah. I think I'm doing that by necessity now that I'm like, oh, that shiny, you know, little carrot that I'm chasing. It looks so great, but it's not automated. And so therefore it's not in my life because I am a, that's not what I want. I don't want to be on someone else's schedule. Pamela. Are you ready for rapid fire? All right, let's do it. Coffee or tea? Tea. Book or podcast? 
book. What are you reading right now? Uh, so I'm like one of those freaks who reads like multiple things at one time. Um, I just finished Stanley Tucci's Taste, mm-hmm. which is like eating and reading at the same time. That's how good it is. Um, oh. And God is in the crowd. So good. Mm. Wow. I'm going to pick that one up. That's a good one. One thing you can't live without. Oh, my God. That's a good question. Oh, chocolate hummus. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't. Uh, something, something not many people know about you, that you like chocolate hummus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, if I could do anything else, I would be a Latin ballroom dancer. Fact. A challenge you never thought you'd have to overcome. Homeschooling my kids for 18 months. Biggest challenge right now. Um, managing, um, biggest challenge right now. I, I almost, I think we're okay. Is that, is that, can I say that? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think we're okay. That's great. It feels very calm, right? I'm like, I think we're okay. Something you're looking forward to. I know this is terrible, but it's true. I can't believe the planner is coming out because I've wanted it for three years. So I'm just, I can't wait to just hold one in my hand. And I know even if nobody sees one, I did it. <laughs> That's kind of what I feel like. Um, and can I add that with a business tip that you know that you really want something? If nobody else ever sees it or hears it, but you do, you're like, then that's what you, that's what you should be chasing. You know, that's it. That is my pediatric food allergy course. Right? Like, you know that if, I mean, obviously they will be taking that, uh, you know, we need this. I mean, we don't, we don't have to get into like my own, I have my, one of my kids also with issues and it's been like, it's like you, you try to become a doctor yourself reading the books and all that stuff, but you know, you created something when you're like, man, even if just one person does it, you're like, I've changed somebody's life for the better. And then it's like, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Well, I will be that one person for your for your uh, planner, and I hope there's one million more. I know all of us mamas need you in our lives, especially navigating after drop-off and before pickup, entrepreneurship, mompreneurship. I like to say social mompreneurship uh, with what I'm doing in my career. So thank you so much, Pamela. I really appreciate all your tips. And how can the listener find you? Absolutely. So um, follow us on Instagram at Hustle Like a Mom. Um, if you go to hustlelikeamom.com, you can find out um, there's a button there for Inner Circle, um, but there's also a button there for free resources. So you can download some of those free resources there and um, obviously just uh, hang out with me on Instagram. And most importantly, where can we order your planner? Okay, so the planners are going to Inner Circle members. So we may, depending on how this goes, I may order a second run, um, but you can um, go to um, hustlelikeamom.com and click on HLAM-Inner-Circle, or you just click on the button, and you can find out more about the planner and more about Inner Circle, and uh, hopefully we will be rounding out our group very soon. Fantastic. Thanks for giving all of us mamas a voice who are working in between drop off and pick up. I really appreciate all the work you're doing. And it gives me so much confidence that I can live in that gray space in that area of not full time career and not full time homeschool teacher. So thanks, Pamela. It was so lovely chatting with you and hearing about all of your tips and tricks and all of your fun stories. Thanks. Thanks. 
Hey there, it's Emily. I want to remind you to celebrate the small wins. Take your time and incorporate some of Pamela's advice when you can here and there. Go follow her on Instagram at Hustle Like a Mom. And remember, you are doing a great job, however you choose to mother yourself and your family. Sending you so much love. Thanks for listening today. If you're not ready to get started with Fear to Freedom, my pediatric food allergy course, I do have a pediatric food allergy essentials resource with a ton, I mean a ton of incredible resources to get you started on your food allergy journey and healing your child with food allergies. You can download that right now on emilynolan.com and get started. If there's anything in this episode that resonated with you or led you to take action, I'd love for you to share it with me on social, as well as any other friends and family that have children with food allergies or newborn children who may not have food allergies, but you know, may have the possibility to prevent it with this information. Remember to rate and review this podcast. It's a great way to give other parents of food allergy children some much needed hope and encouragement. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. I am so so grateful for all of your voices and support and love. And I'm just sending you all a great big hug. Mm-hmm.